Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hub Arkish. Hub Arkush. Hub Arkish is an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Made a huge living talking football. He's constantly wrong. Anyone can do postgame. Well, thanks. You know, Hub, I think you hit a great point there. Hub Arkish. Good for you, and you know, I'm sure that's something you're proud of. Hub Arkish, that's getting better than this. Hello. Hub Arkish, 670 to score, senior football expert. Well, good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining me tonight. I am Hub Arkish, going to be with you for the next three hours as we talk sports here on Chicago's very favorite all-sports radio station, 670 The Score, broadcasting live from The Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. And we've got a fun show planned for you this evening. Uh, You just heard the intro. Uh, the scores, senior football, I kind of think analyst instead of expert, I'll take expert, but analyst uh, is probably a little more to my taste, and that's what we're going to talk, some NFL football, some Chicago Bears football, some special guests coming in, my buddy Eric Edholm, longtime partner of mine at Pro Football Weekly, uh, worked with him at Shaw Media as well, he is at yahoosports.com right now, and he's going to join us in about, uh, I think by half hour, so I got to check the exact time. Mark Potash on the Chicago Bears beat for the uh, Chicago Sun-Times. Actually, uh, I am the, the longest serving, just in terms of seniority, beat member in town. And I believe Potsy's number two. We'll have to check that with him. He's going to have to correct me. And he and I have a lot of fun. He uh, um, has taken to challenging me on Twitter fairly regularly. Uh, uh, and it sounds a little nasty sometimes, but it's always good spirit. It's always good fun. And, um, uh, you know, really enjoy getting to do that as well. And then we're going to visit with another one of my favorites. Joe Colley covers the Chicago Bulls, of course, for the Chicago Sun-Times. The NBA uh, has the Bulls game canceled tonight. Uh, Don't know exactly what their COVID protocols are at this point, if they're going to take um, an extensive hiatus like the NHL. Want to get the latest on both the Bulls and where the NBA is at in terms of handling the pandemic and the latest surge going on across the country. And of course, my favorite part of visiting with you guys every time I get a chance to sit in this host chair is we're going to take your phone calls at 312-644-6767. Again, that phone number, 312-644-6767. And dial me up right now if you want to get us started. We've got lines open. We're going to get your calls in all night long over the next three hours. And I really want to hear what you all are thinking, try and answer questions for you that I can offer opinions where you're interested in hearing them. Obviously, the Chicago Bears are always going to be the biggest story in town, or at least one of the biggest stories in town when it comes to sports here in Chicago. Disappointing season. There's no question about that. But life goes on. That's what makes them the heritage franchise in the NFL. Uh, Really one of, if not the most successful franchises in the history of the NFL. It's unfortunate, though, that a lot of that success is older history. Hasn't been a lot in the last couple decades, and that's what they are now going to have to be working towards again 
don't know if there will be a rebuild, a reboot. Uh, we assume there are some significant changes coming. Again, this is all assumption. We have not heard from Ryan Pace since uh, Labor Day. We have not heard from George McCaskey since last January, and we know we're going to be hearing from them soon. Uh, Matt Nagy continues to show up every day and work his butt off and coach this team and do it with class. And uh, if the results aren't what we hope for, you can at least be proud of uh, the way they approach it. And uh, visited with Matt again today, and they're going on business as usual. There's really nothing else they can do, you know. And a lot of people waiting to see if that shoe is going to drop. The NFL has instituted the new rule for this year that I'm sure you all have heard of by now. Uh, and that is that any team with an open head coaching or general manager position can begin to interview candidates with the permission of the team they're working for if they're currently employed in the NFL over the last two weeks of the season. So that begins this coming Monday, immediately following the Seattle game. Um, people believe that if you're serious about changing coaches, that you need to have that decision made so you can begin that early interview process. I personally believe that's being a bit overrated. Uh, it's not a bad idea to be the first one in the marketplace. We know that the uh, Las, Las Vegas Raiders and Jacksonville Jaguars are already going to be in that market, probably reaching out to folks to talk to them next week. But the flip side of that is I don't think any jobs are going to be given or taken in the first two weeks. Um, I don't know that there is that must-have candidate out there this year. So while I'm not suggesting it isn't a good idea, uh, to get in the pond early if you know you're going to be in the water. It really isn't as essential or critical as people are making it out to be. So um, if we don't hear anything, either a renewed commitment to Matt Nagy and or Ryan Pace or a decision that a change has been made within the next couple of days or beginning of next week, doesn't really mean anything if we've heard nothing at all. Um, you know, I suppose we could hear from George McCaskey that he is standing pat, going status quo. I'm not sure anybody really believes at this point that that's a possibility. Uh, so we will continue to wait and, and, and expect to hear from the owner and chairman of the Chicago Bears sometime in the very near future. In the meantime, there are three games left to play. Um, there certainly is talent on this team that is going to be uh, the core of what the next version of the Chicago Bears looks like. And uh, I know I've, I've explained it a number of times. I really believe that this is a reboot, not a rebuild. I, I think that this can be done in one off season to at least get back to possibly contending for the playoffs, uh, whether you can build a Super Bowl contender in one off season. I don't think they're that close right now, um, but stranger things have happened. So uh, anxious to see some of these younger players over the next three weeks and how they continue to develop, assuming they continue to develop. And with that, as I said, my very favorite part of getting to sit in the host chair is getting to visit with you all. Our phone number, 312-644-6767. We've already got a couple lines lit. And first up is not far from me. I'm out actually in Lake County, but just on the border of McHenry these days, out here in Tower Lakes, uh, our new um, downsized retirement lake home for my wife and I, even though I don't plan to retire, uh, they'll carry me out of here, but um, uh, hopefully still with a microphone in my hands or, or a computer or a pen or something. Um, but we're delighted to be out here in McHenry County territory, which is where Sal is. And Sal, thanks for dialing me up. How you doing? Hey, Hub. Thanks for taking my call. And a great column today in the Northwest Herald about Justin Fields. It was really uh, well put and some really good Thank questions. You. Thank you. My question for you is, you know, if there's a wholesale change from Ted Phillips on down, you know, who would you say would be the three elder statesmen of the Bears 
kind of in that John Elway figure with the Broncos that the Bears could turn to to know the football side and the business side. Who are the ex-Bears who could lend a hand kind of Elway style for like the Broncos have turned to? You know, Sal, it's a great question. It's not a must, but it certainly would be intriguing and can be successful. John Elway did win a Super Bowl there. Uh, uh, he has struggled since, uh, but but that type of move uh, could be the right way to go. And, and really, with the Bears, there are no um, former players, uh, former front office folks who are particularly strong with other ball clubs right now. I mean, the two guys that, that immediately come to mind are Rick Spielman, uh, who's running the Vikings, and George Payton, who's running the Broncos. They they both got their starts here in Chicago uh, when Dave Wanstead and Mark Hatley were running the show. But I don't think uh, George Payton just got just started in Denver. He's not going anywhere. And while Rick has been up in Minnesota quite a while, I think he's pretty comfortable up there, and I don't think he's going to be leaving. And he has not quite established the Jim Finks-type reputation. Remember, that's where the Bears went the last time they did something like this and pried Jim Finks out of Minnesota after he had taken that organization to four Super Bowls. Rick hasn't had that kind of success. So if you're talking about a football czar or a front office person, um, with, with with NFL front office experience, you're not going to find it. Now, if you're talking about an ex-player, though, who has been tremendously successful in other walks of life and might fit that mold, there are two guys who immediately come to mind for me. One is Gary Fensick, uh, um, who, of course, is a former broadcast partner and somebody I consider a dear friend, uh, really brilliant guy who I know is still very involved in, in, in following the team and following football. I don't know that he has any interest whatsoever in doing something like that. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if he did. And I think it would be a conversation that George McCaskey should have, if nothing else, to possibly enlist Gary, enlist Gary as an advisor, uh, if not a, a new uh, you know, top management level employee of the team. The other guy who comes to mind is Jim Covert, who was just uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, Jim uh, has been away from the game, but has been extremely successful in corporate life uh, uh, with two different companies, I believe. And, and, and again, I don't know what his level of interest would be. But when you talk about at least very bright business people with outstanding football backgrounds uh, who have done a nice job of, of finding talent and hiring in, in, in other fields, they're guys that, you know, they're, they're names that should be put out there, you know, you know guys that you should consider. Um, now, if you're talking on the coaching front, uh, the, the two guys who immediately, I, I think Ron Rivera may be the second best coach in the NFL. I am biased. Again, Ron is a dear friend, was a broadcast partner of mine for a few years after he retired before he decided to get back into coaching. But you just look at the job he's done in Carolina and you look at what he's dealing with in Washington and still finding a way to succeed. Now, he is under contract. They would not be interested um, in just releasing him to come home. But uh, there have been coaches traded for in the past. You know, you remember uh, the Bucks gave up two first-round draft choices to get John Gruden. Uh, we've seen other coaches move with compensation, and Ron is good enough that I would I would certainly consider offering a first-round pick to Washington to get Ron Rivera here. Um, that's not my. I, I mean. I believe in it. I think it's a great idea. I actually hadn't thought much about it until Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel suggested it to me on their show. Uh, so I do want to give credit where it's due. That was probably the first place you may have heard that on the score. Um, the other guy that I would take a hard look at is Les Frazier. 
Um, Les, of course, had a chance in Minnesota. It didn't go well. Uh, but some of the best coaches in NFL history are the guys the second time around. It took Bill Belichick two tries. It took Bruce Arians a second try to get his ring. Uh, there's a number of those guys. So, um, you know, Les is somebody you'd look at. As far as guys with Chicago connections, um, I think, Sal, those are probably the most obvious ones that occur to me. There are other, you know, I mean, you know, legendary bears who you might want to see on a coaching staff. I mean, if you were looking for a Mike Ditka type hire, you could certainly talk about my buddy Hamp, Dan Hampton, but but I, I don't see that happening. I don't think Hamp would see that happening, and, and I don't see him as, as, head, as a head coach. I, I see him as a dear friend, but um, uh, I think even he'd acknowledge he's probably not ready for that kind of commitment. Um, Mike Singletary is not a good football coach. He's a wonderful human being, um, but, but he's had a number of opportunities in the league and hasn't really succeeded in any of them, so I know it's a name uh, that people like to throw out there, but that is not something I'd be happy about. Again, I love the guy, but I just don't think that would be a good idea. So um, I think that's a fairly significant list. Again, I hadn't thought much about it before your call. I may come up with another name or two before the show is over, but I hope that kind of answers your question, Sal. So. No, I think, and I think Jimbo Covert, and uh, I think, I mean, those are good names because, and again, I'm not talking about bringing an expert and a coach or a GM, but, you know, who can guide that ship from above who has leadership and, and like you said, who has both football experience and corporate experience. And it's something definitely the McCaskies have to be thinking about who's going to guide this program for the next 25 years. Yeah, I really think that, that a Gary Fetzek or a Jim Covert as Ryan Pace's boss could be a good thing. I, I think that Ryan right. uh, gets an unfair rap for, for some of the talent evaluation that he's done. Um, uh, I understand because of, of, of the, some of the uh, budget decisions that he's made. He gets a terribly unfair rap for cap management. They've actually managed the cap very well until they ran into COVID and everybody got in trouble with that. Um, uh, so, you know, that type of partnership, I think, could make sense. Sal, thank you very much for the call. I do appreciate it. Uh, We are going to get a few more callers in before we get to our first break. And next up is Bob, who's out. I don't know if it's Edna or Adina. Am I pronouncing that right, Bob? Is it Adina? Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Hub. Uh, It's Medina. Oh, Medina. Okay, we're missing the M on there. I'm sorry. I didn't see that on my screen. But thank you for the call. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Hub. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Hey, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. Same to you. Tom, uh, you're you're just the most respected uh, bear uh, writer uh, in, in that we have here in Chicago. Well, you also you. have a, a good relationship with George McCaskey. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're talking about here with what you just talked about with your first caller is kind of what I wanted to get into. I feel very strongly, many bear fans do as well. I think you do as well that we have to do something from uh, uh, Ted, uh, Ted on down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really love the conversation you just had with hiring, maybe looking at a Gary Fensick, uh, Jim Covert, maybe then eventually looking at Iran Rivera. But the point of the whole matter is that we really need to get, uh, do something with Ted, move him on the side. Don't get rid of him necessarily, but put a, a, a football czar in place and change this entire thing. Otherwise, Otherwise, we're just looking at the same thing we've been doing for 20 years. Why can't you, Hub, as the most respected 
uh, writer in town and uh, expert, bear expert, and a re- good relationship with George McCaskey, sit him on the side and say, <laughs> do you mind if we just sit down and have a little conversation? I'm a salesman. Mm-hmm. Um, and why can't, why, why can't we do something like that? Well, Bob, I, I, you know, I, I guess we could, and I'm flattered that you would consider me even worthy of a role like that. And I thank you very much for the call. I, I do want to make two points here. I, I, uh, everything that I just discussed with Sal, I think could be reasonable ideas, but it was Sal who gave me the criteria of somebody with a bear connection. Now, I'm not backing off of any of the guys I just mentioned. I think they'd all be intriguing, but I do not think that it's critical that, that they, I, I do think it is critical that they get a new football czar. And, and, and I know from my sources that they're, they're not totally disappointed in Ryan Pace. And I wouldn't even rule out the possibility of Ryan getting elevated to a role like that and be told to brought some, bring somebody else in to be the GM uh, to oversee the talent side. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't think it is. Um, but 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 as long as they have somebody in charge of football whose only focus is on overseeing the operation of the organization, not so much coaching or getting talent, uh, and somebody qualified who knows how to do it, I, I've written it, I've broadcast it here. I, I agree with you, Bob. It's something that they have to do, I think, to finally get this thing right. But there are also some outstanding candidates who do not have a Bears history. I mean, one of the guys I've talked about is a former GM of the Houston Texans, Rick Smith, just one name that immediately comes to mind because he's probably my top candidate for the job. But 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 we do agree, and I have written and broadcast this, that, that, that I think it would be the best thing for the organization at this point. I'm, I'm not looking to fire Ted. Uh, you know, I've got no axe to grind there. I think Ted's done a fine job on the business side, making money for the family. He might be a good guy to guide the new, uh, you know, stadium plan out in Arlington Heights, which they certainly hope to be uh, working on over the next four or five, six years. But he has to be completely removed from anything to do with football because at some point, Listen, I like Matt Nagy, and I don't think Matt Nagy's been as bad as people make him to be, but I do think it's time for a change because we see what the product is on the field over the last four, five, six weeks. He's he's now coached his 63rd game for the Bears, and he's the head coach. And so even if it's not all his fault, he's responsible for it. That That's the unfortunate reality, and that's why they need to make a change in the coaching staff. It's the same thing with Ted. It's not that Ted is evil or a bad guy or a villain. But he has failed in his role of overseeing the football operation, and he needs to be removed from it now. So I think they need to get the best guy possible. Now, you know, as far as your suggestion of me, you know, calling George and say, hey, George, I want to talk to you and tell you what to do. um, That's not the way it works in this business. Um, Now, you know, if somebody from the Bears were curious to get an outside media perspective, I'd love to talk to him. We have always had a good relationship. Um, but, but I just, it's just not the way it works here, Bob. I, I get what you're saying. Um, but it would be presumptuous of me to even pick up the phone and make that suggestion. Um, I don't think it would be welcome. Uh, you know, the, the, the team is owned and run by the family. There are a number of family members involved and, uh, uh, I don't think they're waiting for an outsider to come in and tell them what to do, but, but thank you for, for the compliment. And, and, and I think from your starting point, we're in good shape because we agree that, that hiring this president of football operations, this football czar, complete control of the football operation is the best way for them to get this thing turned around. Guys, we've also got John out in Lincoln Square, Ken and Aurora. I need to take a quick break here, guys, but I'm going to get to you next before we bring our first guest in. So stay right where you're at. More of your calls 
on the BetQL listener line. It's uh, powered by BetQL. It's smarter. Beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We're going to be back on that BetQL listener line in just a moment right here at The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. They're uh, not back yet. We're still okay. waiting for uh, to see where they're at. I would expect that they're getting closer, but they're not back here yet. Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy talking today during his press conference about the status of offensive coordinator Bill Lazor and special teams coordinator Chris Tabor. Uh, as you know, uh, uh, defensive coordinator Sean Desai was able to get a couple positive tests and get back for Monday night. But as Matt just said, unfortunately so far, uh, Bill and Chris uh, are, are still trying to completely shake the COVID bug. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that for you as well. I'm Hub Arkish with you until 9 o'clock. Going to get back to the phones in just a minute. But first, I want to introduce everybody to Brian Callahan, my producer tonight. Guys, I, I know if you're listening, you're probably fairly regular score listeners, and, and you may know this, but you don't hear it enough. We have just the best production staff in the world. Uh, our producers are the, are the guys and girls who do all the work and really make these shows go. And uh, this one was kind of a last-minute deal. You were supposed to be getting a Bulls game tonight that got canceled due to the pandemic. And so I was lucky enough to get the call to step in. And, and, and Brian, uh, we didn't even talk until probably 1 or 2 o'clock, and he has hustled to just put a great show together for you. He will also be the friendly voice on the other end of the phone when you give me a call at 312-644-6767. So my thanks to Brian Callahan, yours as well, I'm sure, and uh, be kind to him when you talk to him after you dial us up. Uh, right now, I'm going to get back to the phone lines and welcome in John out in Lincoln Square. John, how you doing? Good evening, Hub. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Uh, I really do enjoy listening to you guys on the on the score but, Hub, I do disagree with you about Ryan Pace. And that, just give me a 30 seconds or so, if sure. you would. Uh, yeah, of course. To, to me, he's a, just an abject failure uh, in every facet. He's, he missed on high round, first round picks. He's missed on a lot of free agents, overspent. Uh, I disagree that he had managed the cap well, because my understanding is the bears are like third from the, the bottom in the whole league. But most importantly, uh, he's conducted himself. I think like he's the smartest guy in the room and he's smarter than every other general manager in football because he continually uh, trades up to take picks many times who have busted and at the loss of draft capital. And the one that I think is most glaring, even though it wasn't the highest pick, was Miller. He traded up to get him, thought he was the smartest guy in the league on that, and Miller failed. And if you look, uh, I can't remember their names, but three or four receivers would have fallen to the Bears if they had just sat and not given up that capital. And so those are my reasons behind my thoughts. I think to reward him for failing is is bordering on insanity. Right, well, John, let, let's stay with me now because we're going to pick this apart a little bit or at least discuss it. I shouldn't say pick it apart. And again, I, I, I'm not suggesting they should reward him for anything. Uh, I, I don't think I even said that, you know, I necessarily think he should stay. I was just talking about the possibilities there. Um, uh, and, and yet I, I'm not going to hide from it either. I have no problem with him staying as their chief uh, talent evaluator. So let, let's go to your first point or one of your first sure. points. Which first round picks did he miss on? Well, White, the first guy. Oh, was no, 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 well, timeout, timeout. 
Kevin White, his first three years in the league, had season-ending injuries, never got on the field. And by the time he came back from three years of season-ending injuries, I don't think you can expect him to be the athlete he was when you drafted him. And by the way, he's still in the league. So I agree. Let me finish, John. I let you finish. Now let me finish, okay? Uh, I agree. They didn't get what they wanted or what you want from a top seven pick, but I don't see how you hang those injuries on Ryan Pace. He had no no injury history coming. For whatever in. reason, White didn't work out. Okay. Well, Mitch okay. is a given. That's we could talk about that all no, night. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm not at all convinced Mitch isn't going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He overpaid for him terribly, made a terrible trade. But but I don't yeah, think anybody right. in the NFL has written off Mitch Trubisky yet. A lot of people are blaming Matt Nagy for it. Okay. Well, we can Go get ahead. going. Yeah, uh, please do. Floyd. Yeah. Floyd, he's not on our, our roster. No, he's a $64 million player. You're talking about his evaluations, okay? Right. Now, you when know, you don't he, resign he, your own draft pick, you have misevaluated him. Uh, no, it's because you didn't want to pay him what it would have cost to exercise the final fifth-year option on his team. Another team gave him $10 million, and he played so well, they gave him $64 million more. Uh, I'm, John, yeah, I'm but, speaking to you, you. Your comments, I assumed, were about his ability to evaluate talent. That's what you said. Yeah, when, when you look okay. at the roster, he doesn't. he's not resigning players after he drafts the same thing, them the John, second contract. John, not the same thing. You're, you criticized him for his talent evaluations. That's what I'm talking about. His talent evaluations. Next came well, then, Roquan Smith, who I think you're happy right. with. Who, Next who came Justin he, Fields, he got, who I think you're I happy with. And I would definitely take Khalil Mack for two first round picks. So I just, we, we are not going to agree on the idea no. that he has not used his first round picks all that well. Well, let me ask, then I'll just leave you with this, Hub, because I, I do respect you and I don't want to argue with you. He's had like seven years. He's going to have a third mm-hmm. coach and fifth quarterback. Uh, uh, they, they haven't won a playoff game, I don't think. John, if the Bears fire Ryan Pace, it will be because Ryan Pace deserves it. We're not arguing, and I'm not sure that we're really disagreeing. I just I get frustrated with some of, and I'm not accusing you of venom, which is the word I'm going to use, but but there's just too much of it out there. And, 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 and I think the evaluations have gotten so out of hand that, that I just, when I get the chance, like to try and get people to be reasonable about it. Ryan Pace has done some really good things for the Bears. He has not succeeded as the general manager of the football team. Nobody's debating that point, okay? And so if he is fired, it'll be because he deserves it. I'm not arguing that. I'm talking about the evaluations as we go in. So I hope you do at least accept the distinction that I'm trying to make there. Oh, I absolutely do. Um, I do, and I appreciate uh, the conversation. All right, thanks for the call, man. I do appreciate it. Let's get to Bruce, who's in Deerfield, which is where I left to come to Tower Lakes after 36 years in Deerfield. Bruce, you're in a great town. How you doing, buddy? Okay, Hub, how are you? Good, well, thank you. I'm gonna take a di- I'm gonna take a different tack on why I think Ryan Pace should be fired. Okay. I think the biggest thing he did was I think he mismanaged the salary cap. We are in salary cap purgatory and I don't know how or or why we could get out of it. Now you can say that well, who was to know we were gonna have COVID and this year is a, is an off year and this and that. But he has mismanaged it, because, and that is a big reason why we lost a lot of talent that we've let go, uh, including Kyle Fuller. Now, in that regard, I fully agree that, he, that there should be a president of football operation. But people who know a lot more football than I do, such as Brian Greasy, I mean, his implication the other night was loud and clear that there needs to be a 
a complete reshuffling. And I worry that there's going to be like moving around the deck chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> and that and that bothers me terribly as a as a 50 year old, you know, as a 50 year bear fan. Well, Bruce, let, let me let me ask you a question first. Um, are you aware that right now, as we speak, uh, the Bears will have the fifth most cap space of any team in the league going into the 22 season? No, I, I, I am aware of that because a lot of money is falling off the books. Well, over but 40 million. Yeah, well, 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 let me finish now. Over 40 million dollars sure. and never had a cap issue until last year and wouldn't have had a cap issue had it not been for the reduction in the cap. I mean, you know, again, I, I, I'm fine with criticizing the guy for the things he did wrong, but but this is just not based in reality. I, I understand that, Hub. My mm-hmm. my real concern, though, is that we had a window with such talented defense, and now they're getting old in the tooth, mm-hmm. and we're not going to be and we're not going to be able to capitalize on that wonderful talent that we had on the defensive side with an offense to match it. Bruce, I think, I think you're right. You know, by the way, again, we're not arguing. I, I just try and make sure we keep it, you know, uh, fact-based when we have these conversations. I, I'm a little more encouraged than you are by the way Cleo Mack was on pace to have his best season as a bear uh, until the season ending injury. The toe surgery is not career threatening by any stretch and having the year off, he could come back better than ever at 31 next year. Robert Quinn is having the best year of his career. I don't I don't think they're going to be able to, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to re-sign Akeem Hicks or not, nor do I know if I would because he is going to be 33 years old. But I just love the guy and, and watching the way he played last night. If they were to decide to keep that that that, that three-man core together for another couple, well, they're going to have Quinn and, and, and Matt because of the contracts. Um, they've got some young talent there, so uh, I don't think the window is closed. I am disappointed that they didn't, like you, that they didn't get more out of it last year and this year. Um, but but you have to hope that window isn't closed. And, and so I think now, um, again, I've, I've said it and written it as much as I can. I believe they do need to bring in a new person in charge overall, a top boss of the football operation. And I think that's what you're asking for, too. You know, uh, all I'm saying is that that person with the ability to get the best of what Ryan Pace does, if they were to keep Ryan, wouldn't bother me all that much. Um, but I don't I don't know what George McCaskey is thinking right now. And so that's that's just my opinion as to how I see it. And I'd like to I, I think we absolutely need to keep James Daniels. I mean, I think I, I, I'm beginning to like this the core of this O-line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think I think they will. I, I, I think they know that. And, and again, they've got the cap space to do it. That's not an issue. And by the way, they, they may end up creating some more cap space. See this, Bruce, and we're going to have to run, but thank you very much for the phone call. Um, th- this is where we get into waiting on George, you know, and, and finding out what his decision is. Because if he does bring in a new top football person, call him what you want. I, I, I keep using that football czar expression. I don't really like it, but it, it kind of describes what I think they need. Um, is that person, if the first thing he has to do or she has to do is, is come in and evaluate what is here, decide the futures of, of, of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. If you are bringing in that person, you can't fire Matt and, and Ryan first because you're already not doing what you're, you're setting out to do. 
If you're going to give the team, the football operation, to someone else to oversee, you have to choose that person and let them make their own decisions about coaches and GMs. And so, you know, it seems highly likely that that person would come in and want his own coach and his own GM. But until you get that person and he puts his people in place, we don't know if they're going to think that this is a reboot, as I've called it, or a rebuild. And so the rest of it is fun conversation, but, but it's kind of spinning our wheels until, until we know what they're going to be thinking. So uh, we've got a, a few more folks uh, holding on the line, uh, Russ out in Davenport, Jesse in Logan Square. Um, guys, I've got a guest coming on, and so we're not going to be taking calls for about 15 minutes or so. If you want to hold on, I will definitely get to you, or we will reopen the lines for phone calls in about 10, 15 minutes. But right now, a very quick commercial break, and then one of my favorite football people in the world. We're going to visit with Eric Edholm, get only, not only, I should say, the national view of what's going on here with the Bears, but also around the NFL, the new COVID protocols, everything as they head towards the playoffs and the Super Bowl. It's all next right here at 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Um, I took it in the second quarter, but, you know, when you're playing, you know, during the game, you got a bunch of adrenaline and stuff going on. So um, that's when I first felt it, but I was, you know, still good enough to, you know, play through it. So, um, of course, it got worse uh, after the game and then the next morning. But um, it felt better uh, this morning. So, um, Yeah. Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields talking about a report yesterday uh, that he had dinged an ankle a little bit. Uh, when asked about it today, Matt Nagy said they didn't expect it to be a problem. He just heard Justin uh, indicate that he's not terribly worried about it at all. The injury uh, report from today's practice is out, and Justin, in fact, was able to practice but was limited. Uh, when you get the report, you either get full participation limited or did not practice, and he was somewhat limited in practice today. But uh, everything I've heard is I suspect he will go Sunday against Seattle. I do want to apologize to all of our texters. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Uh, I've been having trouble uh, with with my various uh, boards here uh, uh, and, and was having trouble getting into the text line, but I am there now. So after we get to visit with this outstanding guest coming up, we'll take a look at some of your texts as well. We will get back to the BetQL listener line. I am broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios presented by your local Hyundai dealers, and it is now my pleasure uh, to bring in one of the better NFL minds in the country, uh, uh, doing a lot of his focus on draft work these days, but also covering the league for yahoosports.com and is based right here in Chicago. Eric Edholm. Eric, great to have you on tonight. How you doing, buddy? My friend, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. Everything, you know, the usual. Uh, we're trying to uh, keep everybody happy and make those who are unhappy a little less unpleasant about it. That's kind of become the right. chore cover of the Chicago Bears these days. But uh, yeah. let's let's start there and then we'll go national. I, I know that you are based here. You, you hear more of it than a lot of the national experts. Uh, you saw what we saw on, on, on Monday night. Um, everything I'm hearing is that there will be significant changes with the team, that there is likely to be a head coaching change, that there is likely to be a reshuffling of the front office, but nothing definite yet. Um, and I'm curious what you're hearing and what your thoughts are on the situation right now. Yeah, yeah, it's just similar to you. I mean, that seems to be uh, the, the, the sense. And I, look, I don't know that Monday had any 
bearing one way or the other. I mean, you know, if the Bears had come out and blown them out 35 nothing, does, does Matt Nagy solidify his position? Boy, I don't know. You know, I mean, this is nothing new, obviously, and there's been a lot of speculation on that front. So I guess the question is what other changes might come, if any. You know, are there going to be other organizational changes up the, the food chain, if you will? And, and you know, that, that may impact – what kind of head coaching candidates they bring in, you know, that may impact who they end up with. Um, that certainly is going to have, you know, a, a big say on what, uh, what occurs on the field in 2022. Um, you know, I'll be, I'd be curious to see what the reaction is from Bears fans if, say, you know, Nagy and his staff are let go and that's it, you know, or if a lot of other things come with it, whether it's, you know, Ryan Pace or, or other members of the front office, you know, that's that's really the question I have at this point and how many other jobs will be open. You know, that's that's another sort of big picture angle that, you know, there are three or four teams that I could make a case for it going either way. And it may come down to the last few games to decide what happens in those situations. Yeah, I, I really am convinced it's and it's unfortunate because I really like the guy, but I'm convinced it's too late for Matt. Um, uh, but I think everything's on the table with Ryan Pace in that front office, and I do yeah. think that they may still be uh, viewing, uh, you know, these last three games as possibly having some impact on that. It may even be as much that I know that George likes Ryan Pace, and he may just mm-hmm. be hoping for performances that would allow him to make a case, you know. Uh, uh, but that's all speculation. The other thing I want you to focus on for me, Eric, because I know that uh, the draft is a big part of your expertise these days, has been for the last couple of years, and you scouted this kid extensively coming in. Our first caller tonight complimented me on a column uh, in today's papers for Shaw Media and the Daily Herald. Uh, I, I should do the plug. Please go to shawlocal.com and join us as a regular subscriber to get uh, all of our, our Bears and NFL coverage. But I wrote yesterday uh, about why it is hands-off when it comes to objective, realistic, fair criticism of Justin Fields. And, and, and at the end of the day, you know, you would think listening to Bears fans that that, that, that this kid is, is already the next Patrick Mahomes and that he's only being held back by Matt Nagy and this awful offense when in reality um, his production has been historically low. You watch him play and even watch last night. His accuracy comes and goes. He's holding the ball way too long. And at times he does seem confused in the pocket. And, and, and now, you know, I still think he's going to be a great quarterback. I love the prospect. But the yep. kid hasn't played well, and it just is—it just can't be all about his coach and the offense. And, and I know a lot of the national guys I talk to are seeing it, but but local people don't want to talk about it. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely fair to to to, to pick on on some elements of his game, including the ones you just mentioned. I mean, we've we've seen, you know, some of the running ability and some of the throwing on the run ability as well. And clearly, there have been drop passes, you know, bad protections, maybe questionable play calls, and. Uh, yeah, you know, protections uh, that, that are part of those play calls that don't do the best to help him out. You know, I, I don't know that Allen Robinson is, is, you know, fully dialed in. Obviously, you know, Mooney's been a big target for him. And, you know, there, there, uh, there have been other factors that have worked against them. But you're right. I mean, one of the things that I saw at Ohio State was, you know, there were times where, where he was a half tick slow or a full tick slow when he was diagnosing and, and, reading defenses and some of the reads were, were full field, but some were half. And, um, you know, there, there were just, there were, there were enough instances of that in college where I thought, yes, he's got superior ability. Yes. He has this 
you know, this, this unidentifiable quality of, of toughness and, I think, mental acuity that's going to make him a, a star in time. But I also felt like he needed to kind of catch up to the speed of the game because there were times when the speed of the college game actually taxed him. But to me, and, and this was a much ballyhooed quarterback class for the rookies, right? I mean, you know, Mac Jones has obviously been the most celebrated because of the team's success. But, you know, we saw the other night he, he struggled. You know, obviously the, the guys that went ahead of Justin, Zach Wilson's had a, you know, some nice patches here and there lately, but overall pretty rough. Trevor Lawrence has not been great. You know, I mean, that's that's the reality. Trey Lance can't get on the field. You know, Davis Mills, the only other rookie quarterback to get any reps, has been in and out of the lineup. And, you know, I don't think you'd say anyone's been blown away by him. So if we compare him apples to apples against the other rookie quarterbacks, I think Bears fans have a reason to be encouraged. But there's also a lot of things that need fixing around him. And then Fields is obviously going to have to take that step. And, and it never happened with Mitch Trubisky. You know, and, and Mitch had talent. There's, you know, I mean, it, we make it out to be he's this untalented kid. No, I mean, he had ability. I just don't think it was ever fully fostered and grown properly and developed. And some of that may have been on him, some on the staff. But you, you just pray that it doesn't occur with Fields because I do think there will be a day when we look back and say, wow, he really has grown and, and become a, a special player. Yeah, I, mean, I think that the differences between him and Mitch are obvious, and I'm still not convinced that Mitch isn't going to become a solid quarterback in the league. Uh, he could. Certainly more of a game manager. I, to me, Ryan Tannehill is the comp I kind of keep an eye on, um, and we'll see if that happens. But 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 Justin Fields, uh, Mitch was a good athlete with sufficient arm talent. Justin Fields is an excellent athlete with outstanding arm talent, and, yep. and, and and I think that's what you rely on, and that's why I'm I'm not discouraged at all. I just get frustrated, though, because, yes, while he compares favorably to all the other rookies, that's favorably bad. I mean, these kids are all, uh, you know, producing historically low production for for rookie quarterbacks. And, you know, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I I thought for sure, you know, would be Joe Burrow. And yet you look at the, you know, people think that Justin Fields is in a bad situation. Look at what he's had to deal with in Jacksonville this year. So, uh, you know, I I just, I don't, I don't think you, you know, you form any final conclusions, but you do scratch your head a little bit. So uh, Eric, the other big subject I want to get to before we get short on time, um, the NFL, I think probably over the last almost two years now has done as good a job as any major multi-billion dollar business in the world has in, in dealing with the realities of the pandemic and COVID. And yet it also feels to me like for the first time the last couple of weeks, they're scratching their heads a little bit and they're not sure what's next. The story came out today, according to J.C. Treader, the league was dangerously close to canceling those three games that they moved or at least postponing them. Um, uh, you know, this this surge is just getting started. This is taking off like none of the other you know variants that we've seen. Uh, now, for those vaccinated and boosted, the risk of severe illness and death is less, but it's still not a good thing. And this one's far more contagious. You know, what are your thoughts about what you're hearing about the league's ability to conduct uninterrupted playoffs in a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously what, what the league's focus is. I mean, we can talk about, you know, the, the health risks and everything else. And I think everybody who, who's been following this the last, uh, you know, 19 or 20 months, whatever it's been, has certainly kept up with the latest information and everything. I think that it is good that even though it is more contagious, that the early results indicate that this is – far less serious in most cases, especially for, 
what you would call the NFL population, at least the players' standpoint. Uh, you worry about some of the older coaches, some of the guys who, you know, immunocompromised, maybe a Bruce Arians or whoever who've had health issues in the past. Um, but as far as the players are concerned, I think prior to them kind of adjusting the, the, the bylaws that they set up in, in July uh, related to COVID absences and stuff, obviously it was designed at the time to encourage players to, to get vaccinated and um, you know, you, you wonder, I guess, what the next step is, but they did alter it to a point where had they not done that, you know, it would be a lot thornier than it was just because there were far more hoops that they had to jump through. And it's a little bit easier for an asymptomatic player now to get back on the field. So, I mean, that's the good news, right? And, I, you know, I've been saying all along, we're all going to get COVID at some point, whether we're vaccinated or not. I think it's become <laughs> fairly obvious at this point, or at least, you know, somewhat obvious in a lot of ways. And, um, you, you know, you obviously hope that you get the best result from it, just like you would if you were, you know, sick with a really bad flu or anything else. You know, you, you just you do the best you can to protect yourself and those around you. It's very difficult to do that in an NFL facility. There's no question about it. It's also very difficult to tell these players don't hang out in any kind of group, especially with the holidays coming up. So the big challenge, I suspect, will be over the next three weeks as we have, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, whatever. Uh, all the other things that people celebrate this time of year. And there's only so much you can do to, to discourage players from getting together with family and friends. And, uh, and that just adds possibilities for positive tests, whether they're vaccinated or not. So, yeah, that, that's really going to be kind of the, the big test here is to see, can we get through the first week of January, basically? And I think that'll, that'll give us an idea. And the extra week of the regular season, look, I mean, it, it's going to end up helping, I think, in a way – if we have some Week 17 games or Week 18 games, I should say, that are delayed for, for various reasons, there are teams that are out of contention, you know, we can live with that. If it's the more serious uh, or, you know, the more implications uh, in those games, maybe there's there's a little bit of an interruption there. But I don't know. I think so far they've, they've, they've done a pretty good job uh, weathering the storm. Hey, real quick, I'm really late for a break, but I got to ask you before I let you go yeah. because this is where Bears fans' interest is, even though they're desperately short of picks. Have you identified yet two or three positional groups that are the strength of the upcoming draft? Yeah, I think offensive tackle looks good. I think cornerback could be really interesting, and there's some interest, and there's some good pass rushers as well. You know, those are three spots that I could see. You know, obviously tackle maybe less because they had two last year, but still, those are spots that I think the Bears uh, will, will end up looking at. So it works out pretty well for them. And, you know, maybe uh, maybe one or two surprises based on who declares and who doesn't. Eric, I really appreciate your time tonight. I hope that you and Heidi and the kids stay completely healthy. Uh, let's avoid the COVID if we can. Have a great Christmas holiday, and we'll be talking to you again real soon. You too, Hub. Thank you very much. That is Eric Edholm of yahoomsports.com. We've got one hour in the books, but going to jump right back on the phones in a moment at 312-644-6767. We'll get to some of your texts as well, which can come at that same number, 312-644-6767 if you want to text me. We're back in just a moment right here at 670 The Score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.